The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Hi. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you clap? What? Take 569. <laughs> We've been working on sound issues for the last, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'm Katie Adkins. <laughs> nope, try again. Ha <laughs> ha, hi, I'm Katie Adkins. <laughs> and I don't know how to do that voice, but my name is Kelly Reed. Ha <laughs> <laughs> It's my Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> That's my voice. And we're going to talk about Dismal Disney. Yes, we are. That's my best Mickey Mouse impression. It's a lot better than mine. I'll, well, uh, I don't, yeah. I, I can't even like give it a shot. All I can do really is a ha Part, and then I, I went from that and I like worked backwards on how to do Mickey Mouse. I can't do it very well, but this is the best I got. I, uh-huh. knew, <laughs> I knew this guy in high school who literally like he used it to try to get girls that he could do all the voices extremely well of Mickey and Goofy and Donald. Donald. Do Donald. Yeah, he would do Donald. How do you do Donald? And like, he, he, I mean, this guy, <laughs> this guy got all the Disney girls. I bet you got all the Disney girls. Yeah, which in Florida, there's a lot of those. I don't think I went to high school with a single Disney girl. I'm pretty sure they only <laughs> exist in Florida. They, like, moved to Florida to become a Disney person. Oh, I'm sure they exist now that getting Disney garb is way more accessible and easy. Because when yeah. we were in high school, like, you couldn't just go to Hot Topic and buy Disney stuff. It was still goth stuff. The only anime stuff I ever saw at Hot Topic was, like, Death Note because it was still kind of goth. Now it's all Disney and anime, which, like, hell yeah, I'm glad that kids are able to get more anime shirts. I would have died for that, you know? (laughs) But, no, we just had to, back in our day, we just printed out pictures of Inuyasha and taped it to the binder. (laughs) Oh, my God, I did that so much. Well, not Inuyasha, but Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon was my binder. I actually didn't do that with Inuyasha either, just every other pert girl in existence. <laughs> yeah. I put out a bunch of random stuff, actually, and then, because I didn't want to seem like an anime kid, I was trying to be on the DL. Yeah. So I'd have, like, a character snuck in there. Like, I'm pretty sure I definitely did have Ryuk from Death Note on one of my binders, because it was, like, a, it was a monster. Yeah. Like, is it anime? Is it not? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't a cat boy. <laughs> His look is obscure enough to where it could be either a monster or anime. Yeah, exactly. And people would not bother. To- and unless you watch the show, you wouldn't know what the fuck uh, Ryuk is from because he's a big Shinigami. Um, but we're here to talk about a different set of cartoons, and that is Disney. Yes. Disney cartoons. And before I say anything. There's going to be a lot of shit talk about Disney, all right, Mm -hmm. even Walt himself. So if Disney is something that's near and dear to your heart and very important to you and you don't want the magic disillusioned from your memories or daily life or whatever, just like probably just don't listen to this episode. I'm not here to upset people. I'm not here to tell people to not support and like watch Disney movies. I'm not also not here to ruin your childhood. We're not here to say... Fuck Disney. Anybody who watches it sucks. It's not it. Yeah. It's, we're just, there are facts. <laughs> there are facts that surround Disney that 
they're the best. So we're just yeah. going to talk about those. They're macabre. We found all the macabre parts of Disney. And I will get into what inspired me to talk about this topic in the first place. Because I've had Disney on the brain for this show for a while yeah, now. Yeah, you have been talking about it for a bit. I have, I have. And also, like, I like to poke fun at people who are Disney obsessed. But I'm not here to, like, tell you to not be. Like, do your thing. Like, I literally play video games... For essentially for a living. Like, I can't shit on anybody's lifestyle. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, I literally make money off of, like, uh, media and nostalgia. So that's mm-hmm. just, you know, I, I just think Disney people are such a special brand of fandom. Yes. And they sometimes terrify me. <laughs> yes. And there's definitely people, like, you, you can love Disney, but there are definitely people, and this is for any fandom, that take it too far that is a thing you can do that Mm -hmm. and like we have friends who like fucking love disney they get the annual passes they do the whole shebang they do the super cute little like disney bound outfits which i always thought that was pretty cute and like we've known people who've also done it like very unhealthily yeah and like you know blew all of their money (laughs) instead of paying rent on shit like that but (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) so i feel like we've just seen like two horrible set like two horrible sides well a good side and a bad side to the coin of this like disney fandom parks Mm -hmm. shit so yeah i just want to preface that also i love disney and i have this ability to be able to separate the fucked up parts of this company and like my happy childhood memories yeah so because the sad thing is most american companies have this <laughs> kind of shit yeah most <laughs> uh most companies believe it or not are based in uh consumerism and capitalism what so, what that's wild what do you mean they're here to make money that's insane yeah they're here to make dreams come true what do yeah. you mean what? kelly they don't need money for that no i must have been out of my mind they just need hopes and dreams and a little bit of pixie dust mm-hmm. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> so that being said I'm just gonna get into it. Yeah, go for it. The first time my perspective was skewed to looking at Disney as anything negative actually was pretty recent. Recent, six years ago. In 2015, um, Banksy did an art installation in the UK called Dismal Land. And I don't know if you remember this. Oh, I do. Okay, because yeah. I thought it was sick. I was yeah, like, what the it fuck is this? It was cool. Yeah, and it was nice. It was such a statement piece. The whole, it was a whole little park. And if you don't remember it, look it up, and I'm definitely going to put pictures in the blog, but God, I'm so sorry about how behind I am on that blog, so like, woof, you might be waiting for a second. <laughs> so maybe just Google it. <laughs> Banksy's thing was Dismaland Bemusement Park, and it first appeared in 2015, and it was just the first time in my life I've ever actively wanted to travel to go view an art installation. I straight up was like, I want to go to Europe and look at this thing. This is insane. But I also realized, Katie, that's... Such an expensive trip for one small destination. Also, you're, like, just barely out of college and probably can't do that. (laughs) Yep. That was the main thing. Uh, I had spent all of my grad money on going to Japan, so a trip to Europe was just out of the question. Uh, Which, honestly, going to Japan was a better option. Yeah. The whole place, like, looking at pictures of it and videos of it and everything, like, for me, the emotion it feels, it makes me remember pieces of my childhood and then remembering all the trash that covered it. Mm-hmm. Right? So you see, like, pinwheels and there's, like, um, plastic stuck in it. And you just see everything looks like a, um, like, the castle's all fucked up, the water's all gross, there's, um, like, purposeful, like, 
pieces of artwork that looks like trash mm-hmm. and there's like oil all up in all the water and there's it wasn't like ariel like a sea monster or something? no she was a mirage oh okay. which i think that was my personal take on the ariel statue is illusion because she's if you look at the picture of the ariel statue she's sitting in front of the castle on like a little like moat and she's, it looks like there's squiggles going through her body. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the mirage effect of when you think you see something, but it's not actually there. Mm-hmm. And so my theory is that the Ariel is actually supposed to be like, Disney is an illusion. Yeah. <clears throat> like well, now I have to look at pictures because I feel like I don't remember. Or maybe like... Or maybe like how you see something in the water. Maybe how you see it in the water or maybe also like... Um, how the screen's fucking up because everything behind her is like she's she doesn't she's not the one that belongs there the the castle does and all its fucked up fucked upness. It's funny if they keep all the show lights and stuff at nighttime, everything lights up like it mm-hmm. would at Disney World. But yeah, it's all like gross looking. It was thought out. It was so well thought out. Like they had a whole map. Yeah, the whole place makes you remember and notice the trash within your childhood, like litter at theme parks, the fucked up things that humans do for attractions and for attention. Um, And it is so normal for people to hate that stuff. People don't want to remember the trash from their childhood. Most people want to preserve their happy memories. They don't want to be faced with sadness, corruption, and their memories and places and art that always was a place of comfort. The idea of this, the idea of art, especially from Banksy, is that it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. You know, that's why he paints on walls kids with grenades. Like, yeah, his whole thing is statement pieces and to make you uncomfortable and do social commentary. For a lot of people, those memories and that comfort comes from the company Disney. Disney creates things that gives people these warm, fuzzy feelings. Um, Disney was in such a huge prime for millennials, so when we were young kids, like, we just consumed so fucking much of it. Mm. Um, like, boomers and Gen X were around when Disney was, like, still doing shit, but, like, I feel like we got just hit with all of it so much Mm -hmm. at once. Well, at the night, I think the 90s was, like... Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. The Disney Channel. Disney Channel, Yeah. yeah. Like, they started just, just... Pumping out shit. Pumping out products. And then they were like, oh, VHS is a thing. We're releasing all of the movies now ever made on VHS, and we're going to market them like they're brand new. I got some of these quotes from an article on a website called Wide Wall written by Anika D. She She wrote this in 2015. So when asked about the idea and inspiration for Dismal Land Project, Banksy stated that it's a theme park whose big theme is theme parks should have bigger themes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's just very Banksy of him to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, the obscure and cryptic statement can be read as a critique of consumerism, society oriented towards spectacle, entertainment, um, careless about the big political and social issues of our age. At the beginning of the 80s, uh, French philosopher Jean Baudrillard wrote about Disneyland as one of the main examples of hyper-reality, a key concept in understanding contemporary cultural conditions. By presenting the imaginary as more realistic than the actual reality itself, Disneyland draws visitors into the world of escapism uh, and happiness achieved through simulation. Mm -hmm. So, like, the fact that a theme park sitting around these movies and stuff that people people use the movies for escapism, and now there's a park where you can physically be there in the escapism. Yeah. 
So further on, it makes the troubles uh, of the real world less relatable. Uh, so whether Banksy read uh, Baudrillard's work or not, he certainly did a great job in creating the very opposite notion of what an amusement park is supposed to be. For me, the first thing I feel like everyone notices is the castle. It's like all old and like fucked up looking. And it looks like it's in a dystopian future where Disney World has just been straight up fucking abandoned. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> parts of it are missing. Around it is this moat. We mentioned the statue Ariel, who looks like a squiggly mirage to me personally. Or like she just doesn't belong there. But yeah, she looks like she just doesn't belong there. Yeah. Um, like she's being erased out or something. Um, so behind the castle in the moat, there's a police tank in the water, like, kind of cockeyed with a little kitty slide coming out of it. Like, this is fun. Right. <laughs> um, the water is gross as fuck. All of the employees, which are people who actually volunteered to be part of the art installation, are all young people, like you would see working at Disney World and Disneyland, mm -hmm. um, who they wear all black with, like, neon pink safety vest, vests that say dismal on the back. And there's a pretty few famous pictures of... Some of them just sitting at their posts looking miserable. Um, there's this one in particular that I always see when I look at Dismaland is this employee holding a shit ton of balloons that are all black that say, I am an imbecile <laughs> <laughs> on all of the balloons. There's a gross looking sandbox that's made to look like it's for kids next to a loan center with ads to help get you out of debt. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Um, there's an orca whale statue diving out of a toilet into a kiddie pool full of black water. Look like it's looking like it's about to jump through a hoop. Mm-hmm. SeaWorld. Yeah. Dark <laughs> blackfish. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's just obvious. Yeah, that one's right on the right on the nose. Yep. And so inside the castle, to me, like I was like, oof. So you can go inside of the castle, but inside is Cinderella's, it's a car crash. Reminds me of Princess Diana's death, actually. And I'm wondering mm. if it's commentary on Princess Diana's death. It might be. Um, so it's Cinderella's pumpkin carriage has crashed and Cinderella is dead. Mm -hmm. And there's just paparazzi flashing everywhere and cameras and stuff. That's absolutely this, Princess at, Diana. At this like car crash of like Cinderella's like fucked up mm -hmm. carriage and everything. Um, and it's just about how, like, it's more important to take pictures of it than, like, help and do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, there's just so much to this place. There's signs everywhere that say, mind the income gap, because <laughs> it's in the UK, so mind yeah. the gap. So mind the income gap, because uh, only rich people really get to go to Disney World. Disney World is a rich people thing. It's a very expensive place to it's go. It's a very expensive place. Because if you don't live there, like, you have to not only just pay for the tickets, but also pay for a place to stay and everything. And, the, God, everyone just, it's just And so then expensive. they always, like, try to give you incentives to stay on park property. Mm -hmm. They will give you and a then deal. You, and then you pay for parking. And the then the food, food there is, like, $8 for a bottle of water. And, like, sorry if you're vegan. There's a whole secret menu you'd have to Google to even know where vegan things are. And half the time it's just pretzels. Yeah. I knew this because I went to Disney World with two vegans one time, and I was like, this is a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> There's signs that say, welcome to Dismal Land. Life isn't always a fairy tale. Yeah. And I was like a little Mickey Mouse next to it, and there's this bumper. <laughs> My favorite is the bumper cars. You can't actually do the bumper cars. It's not interaction, but 
the cars are all fucked up into the side, but there's one that's working that just has the Grim Reaper in it, just hitting the walls and hitting everything mm-hmm. with like stay mo- with the music. Ah 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 ah, stay alive. Oh my god! With, like flashing lights. Yikes! <laughs> and uh, and there's a black pond with fake birds just covered in oil everywhere. Just a lot of societal statement pieces. The idea was like you go to Disneyland. For me, I interpret this whole place as you go to Disneyland to escape. Dismaland is where you go to be forced to face all of the things from society you're trying to forget. Yeah. Right? Where it's like it's it's doing the exact opposite. Like you're here and you're here to – you're forced to look at um, – All the stuff you're trying to forget. All the stuff you're trying to forget when you go to places like Disneyland. Yeah. And Disney World. It's – Disneyland sounds weird to me because I live on the East Coast, so we always say Disney World. No one fucking bothers with Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since I saw that piece, I've always been like, oh my god. And so, since we did our theme parks, I want to talk about stuff about Disney. And then what really, this time around, just made me be like, I'm talking about it, was I mentioned this in our last episode, when I listened to um, Eat the Rich, um, where Chelsea from Dead Meat was guested on. They had a two-part episode where they just talked about uh, Disney's hand in capitalism and history on Walt himself and Mm -hmm. just how the company has evolved and still isn't super great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go into all of that because, boy, that's a shit ton of information. Yeah. Holy crap. It's a lot. But I wanted to start off with Dismal Land. I feel like I don't need to ask you what your personal experience of Disney is. Uh, <laughs> but you I mean, are from Florida, so I'm going to ask. We dipped our toe, our toe in it. Like, I mean... The thing is, with Disney, since I grew up there in, in Florida, not in Disney, <laughs> good God, but um, <laughs> since I grew up in Florida, they do give you like a Florida resident discount, um, so it was easier for me and my mom to go, um, and it was like every every year, like at Christmas, we literally called it our escape, like, because I didn't, we were not a fan of Christmas, we had like some bad shit happen on Christmas, and so we were just like you know what, we're just not going to acknowledge this holiday. We're going to go to fucking Disney and we're going to, you know, do all this other shit. Like, even though there's, like, Christmas stuff going on everywhere, it's just, like, you can get on a ride and, like, forget about it, you know? So, I mean, it was always, like, a good spot. Also, um, since I lived in Florida, grad night was at Disney. Right. And so we got to go, which actually was really fucking cool because basically what they do, they shut down the entire park. And it's nothing but graduates. And you go in at, like, 8 o'clock at night, like, as soon as it gets dark. And then you party until, like, 1 a.m. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. And, like, they have dance parties set up in every section of the park. Like, you walk 10 minutes and then there's another one. So they have, like, dance parties all with different DJs and different songs and different kind of stuff going on. And then you can get on on the rides with no line at all. And then they have, like, concerts and stuff. So... I mean, I don't have really any bad experiences with Disney other than uh, the people where I went to high school, again, in Florida. So you're bound to have people who are obsessed. I had a friend whose mom was in the newspaper because of the amount of Mickey Mouse memorabilia that she had in her house. And when I'm talking like hoarder level, you walk in and the entire fucking house covered inch to inch in nothing but Mickey and Minnie Mouse and like every all the like pans the dishware the wallpaper the like figures the 
remotes, like everything is Disney. And then she would have these giant fucking hats too. This woman was a character. So she's definitely one of the weirder Disney. When I say Disney people, that's what I'm referring to is like the very over the top, insane Disney people. Um, and so she definitely took it next level and she was a little bit psycho crazy, but uh, yeah, I'd say that's I, that and the guy who got literally got dates over Mickey Mouse voices. Saying the Mickey, <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Yeah, he'd be like, he'd be like, say something, say this, like, ask me if I want to go on a date. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God, yeah, no, it's so weird. Why do you want to fuck Mickey Mouse? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> when I, this is what I mean when I say Disney people. Like, it's a, uh, it's, a, it's another level. Do you think they ask him a little to, weird? Do you think they ask him to do it in bed? Like, oh my God, like, probably. Oh my God. Can you go? Yuck. Uh, honestly, honestly. Hey, and then, girl, you want to fuck yuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Imagine Honestly, I probably. I would not be surprised. And then a couple of those people, like. <laughs> when I come, I just go. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh God. <laughs> oh, good God. No. I never want to. I never want to see this or hear this ever again. I'm sorry for what we just did to your ear holes. Oh, my God. I apologize. I don't. But I don't apologize. Uh, I think that was great. Also, I knew people in high school whose, like, lifelong mission was to work at Disney, but not as, like, a full salary employee, but as a minimum wage worker at Disney. And that was their, like, dream job for the rest of their lives. And they did that for a while and, like, were not able to get by i mean yeah i would say could they live no they lived with their parents which i mean like you know just fine live with with your parents if that's your dream then do it you know but you can make it happen fucking do it exactly so but but, they should probably pay people living wages yeah it's just my humble opinion yeah i mean it's it's great for when you're in college though and you're looking for like a part-time job yeah like disney i will tell you right now like our friend brandon yeah um, he worked at Universal for a little bit, and then he worked at Disney, and he would just, like, call me up and be like, sorry, I haven't talked to you in, like, three months. Let's go to Disney for free, you know, and then it was perfectly fine. So, like, yeah. it's great for when you're in college and you're, like, you know, need a job on the side. But I've never had any negative experiences outside of, like, the select few people that I've met. Um, I've just known some insane motherfucking people, <laughs> and by some, I mean, like, I literally mean I can count them on one hand. Again, I didn't meet Disney people until I learned what Disney adults are, and that was wild. When I realized, like, the extent of the level of, like, worship and obsessiveness. I understand wanting to hold on to happy pieces. Like, I'm the most nostalgic person there is. Half this podcast is me talking about weird shit from my childhood. Like, quite literally. So, you're welcome. But (laughs) (laughs) I just, if I consume the same media too much, I get fucking sick of it. So, if I were to watch the same Disney movie over and over again, I'd probably fucking hate it. So, I literally, like, and I also found out that's part of being ADHD- and that kind of a thing, um, because if I like, experience the same place over and over and over again, my brain stops creating the dopamine and serotonin that was once created, because I'm, I'm used to it now. I need something new and flashy again. Yeah. There's actually something wrong with my brain, but... <laughs> um, so I think it's also part of why I get, like, confused, as to, I'm like, how are you going to the same place constantly and still, like, so stoked to be there? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have, like, anxiety and depression, and it's a comfort for them and they, it's they also like people it that and they just have like, happy experiences with it. Like we have friends who got engaged at Disney World. Yeah. 
and have Disney tattoos and it's literally their happy place. Yeah. And that's just something I personally can't relate to. My happy place is like being home. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't know. But uh yeah, that, and that's not the same for everybody. Everybody doesn't get to have a happy place at home. But yeah, I'm really happy that all these people are able to have their happy place. It's when it gets, it's when the obsession gets to part to where it's literally taking over your life is where I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, we know some people who will not be named who has literally, like, put themselves in extreme debt over going to Disney World. I just couldn't even imagine, like, being that obsessed with Disney cosplay and going to the parks and that obsessed with uh, trying to be a Disney influencer on Instagram because that's what they were trying to do, that they put themselves in severe debt mm-hmm. that I just, like, what the flying fuck? So, like, I don't mean, like, oh, you have, like, cute little Disney framed prints in your studio. No, I'm talking, like, people who, like, it's their life mm-hmm. and their life is, like, falling apart for it. Yeah. It's terrifying people. <laughs> like, I feel really bad, but those people scare me so much. I just, I didn't even know where to start with Walt. At first, I was like, I'm going to talk about, you know, Walt Disney and his whole history. And I'm just like, I don't, that's too much. That's too There's much. So There's much so much history much. with Walt. If, if you want to go see, like, a happier version of it, then go see Tom Hanks yeah. in uh, what the, whatever that movie's called. Yeah. But it's made by Disney, so go ahead and prepare that it's made by disney and so it's gonna be all the amazing wonderful sides of walt yeah this is the part where i go recommend for you to just go listen to eat the riches disney episodes because they go into extensive detail of how walt was born and became who he became Mm -hmm. and it's funny i always kind of forget what walt looked like all I have is that one famous statue Mm -hmm. i kind of don't really think he looks like that statue i think that statue makes him look better I um, can't help but picture Tom Hanks <laughs> <laughs> because so, of that movie. So sorry. I was looking at pictures of him, and he kind of like looks like a villain with like he, a mustache. Like he, he does have. Like, he looks like a villain in a Disney movie. Like he was like, how does yeah, that work? He's literally just like he was, like an easy little nerd who like grew up for his revenge with his money. He's, like he's that's definitely got the must. <laughs> he looks like the the guys from uh got from guys and dolls you know yeah that are like slicked back and they're like hey honey or hey how you doing i uh, like i came here to buy some soda and while you're at it i'm robbing the place like that's that's, (laughs) like he looks like someone who sleeps with their secretary to me (laughs) i mean you're not three kids at home you're not wrong but uh, I'm not saying he did any of those things. I don't know anything about his home life or like no, he his did. situation. And I'm not saying he he is a villain or a terrible person. But there are a lot of people out there who will show you evidence that it, there's a huge possibility he was a Nazi sympathizer. We're just gonna say that there's very two very different sides to this fluffy ass pancake. So uh huh. I. I'm not going to get into the, all the Nazi sympathizer stuff because I don't actually have facts for that. There is a lot of speculation, controversy, and, like, there are some facts things. Like, he attended this meeting. He was friends with this open Nazi person. Like, stuff like that yeah. is facts. But um, unless he, like, actively stated and said, 
I am a Nazi sympathizer or was seen wearing any Nazi garb or anything like that. Like, I just can't say for certain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually just going to talk about racism. So that's fun. Woo! Woo! Uh, which is related to, you know, being a fascist. So, and, yeah. You know, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so when people think about the racism in Disney today, usually people, the first thing people go to is Song of the South, the Siamese Cats and Lady and the Tramp, the Crows and Dumbo, and then what was the one you mentioned? Fantasia. Fan, fan fucking Tasia. Fantasia was blatantly and horribly racist. I didn't realize that until I was grown because the Fantasia I had, that part was cut out. Yeah. Like, so the part we're talking about in Fantasia are the uh, black zebra centaur girls who do and cater on all of the, like, put together like covered in like makeup. the white beautiful the white the white centaur girls yeah and they like make they look oh it's rough like it's really bad go look up images of that and if you don't know about song of the south i actually will mention again that will come up again later in this conversation i had some family members contact me and they were like katie you're pretty liberal why is song of the south race <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I'm not... I watched it as a kid, and all I remember... Did you... Okay. I don't uh, remember to, what it is. Did you go to Splash Mountain at Disney? Yes. Okay, you remember the rabbit and yes. the bear? Okay, that's Song of the South. Oh. Oh. Okay. And yeah, so I get it now. they have a tar baby that, like, sticks to them and, like, fucks with them, but tar baby is a term referred to, like, a black infant baby oh i hate it and it's really gross and like and it's and it's reference in minstrel shows and minstrel shows is something we're going to talk about all of that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable but it's i feel like it's so important to know these things like we can't like erase history um we can however get rid of fucking attractions like that though they're not getting rid of splash mountain but they are changing the theme and now it's going to be princess and the frog i like that it went from this is a <laughs> racist roots to Black princess. Yes. I do like that. They're like, we're just going to flip this entirely on its head. We fucked up and we're going to make this so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Siamese cats laying the tramp for me absolutely did instill uh, racism towards Asian people as a kid. Like I, that absolutely like, it's horrific to admit it. I mean, every white person in existence, like grew up unintentionally with some form of, like, racist thoughts and notions. Like, will thrust upon them. Right. You know, you know what because I mean? Because you're, you're too young to and understand you grow what up any of And means. you learn that it's wrong, and you correct yourself, and you realize you can be better. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? yourself, we're and all, you become a better person. We as white people are still fucking learning. Yeah. And we're, we're trying and doing our best, and that's why learning about shit like this is just so important. Instead of like, let's get rid of it. I don't want it to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Like, poofy never happens. Like, yeah. no, it so, happens. It happens. And Look at acknowledgement. It. <laughs> acknowledgement is huge. <laughs> Mickey Mouse's earliest animations and cartoons was a minstrel show. It just, it was, that's what it was. Not Steamboat Willie. However, Steamboat Willie does have one um, racist reference in it. Small one, but it's there. Have you already explained um, what a minstrel show is? I'm about to do that. Okay. So a minstrel show or a minstrelsy was an American form of racist entertainment developed in the early 19th century, and each show consisted of comic skits, variety acts, dancing, and music performances that, de- that depicted 
people specifically of African descent. It was an entire form of vaudeville that was designed to make fun of the black race. Mm. And that's where Mammy came from, references of like Tar Baby, like all of that. Mm-hmm. Blackface, blackface is where blackface came from. Yeah, His minstrel shows. Hate it. Hate it. Gross. Oh, gosh, yeah. It was just stuff you had to, like, watch in, like, film school. I still hated they make us watch Birth of a Nation. Like, can we fuck, like, fuck off. <laughs> I, that was so uncomfortable. That was the first movie that was really long, and it is about the KKK being good guys. Oh, my <laughs> and God. And it's American's first feature film in existence. Ah. American film is just rooted in so much racism. And, of course, it has blackface in it. <sighs> I got all this information from, uh, it was a 2021 article in Mel Magazine, in Steamboat Willie, you'll notice that when Mickey uh, relies on the boat's hook arm to grab Minnie from the shore and then unceremoniously just like drops her on the ship deck, which, rude, Um, he just snatched a girl, put her on a boat. (laughs) Yeah. Sheet music flops out of her bag, but it's not just any sheet music. It has a very specific song on it called Turkey in the Straw, which is the signature tune of Zip coon the co-founder of blackface minstrelsy so even if you haven't heard of him zip coon inspired a song you absolutely fucking know today which is zippity doodah um which is a title phrase that comes directly from the chorus of turkey in the straw mm. so zippity doodah zippity day as all minstrel shit and, yeah. and, and you have a movie where a happy black slave is singing that. Yikes. Ah, yikes, 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 yikes. In 1916, about a decade or so before Walt Disney's animators created Steamboat Willie, a Broadway actor named uh, Harry C. Brown had recorded an updated version of Turkey in the Straw sung to the same tune. It was his first ever hit album. Brown, however, renamed his version Inward Love a Watermelon. Ha, ha, ha. I'm sorry, what? I'm not saying it. Inward love a watermelon. Ha ha ha. Wow. Is the title. And it is often called one of the most racist songs in the history of American music. Ugh. In other words, Disney didn't pick Turkey in the Straw by accident. It knew exactly what it referred to because that came out 10 years prior Mm. to this cartoon being created. Yeah. And it is referring to blackface minstrelsy. There's also another early Mickey Mouse cartoon, the 1929's uh, The Haunted House, which I actually remember this one. I didn't really watch Steamboat Willie as a kid. I do remember Steamboat Willie because my mom was looking at furniture in a rooms to go, and I was literally sitting <laughs> in a Mickey Mouse chair watching Steamboat Willie on like a like the little kids area, yeah, where you can just sit there and watch cartoons. And Steamboat yeah. Willie was there. Everyone always wants to push Steamboat Willie because like the only way you would know anything racist is if you recognize that sheet music. Yeah, oh, everything else. Yeah, really. It is like there's actual blackface in Mickey Mouse cartoons. Like it's fucked. It's fucked. This is all going in the blog. There's images. There's videos. There's I got it all. Um, So the haunted house is definitely worth examining. Um, Mickey enters a haunted house. There's a ghost. There's a lot of classic. Do you remember like a Grim Reaper ghost kind of dude coming up after Mickey Mouse? If you've ever seen gifts of that, it's from this. Once Mickey is locked inside of the scary house after the lights go out, as he's wandering through the dark, both terrified and superstitious, he stops, and only his eyes, lips, and gloved hands are visible. Mm-hmm. 
and he's does a brief Al Jolson blackface routine as he sings Mammy Mammy, with which Al Jolson's Mammy blackface routine is like so fucking infamous. It's like the first thing that comes up when you Google blackface. Mm. And I, I looked the clip and it's just this little Mickey Mouse and his little squeaky voice going, Mammy, Mammy, and it's like really uncomfortable. Ugh. Um, um, lastly, uh, if you watch Mickey's Melodrammer, which is making fun of the pronunciation of the word melodrama, Mm-hmm. Um, it's a short from 1933 that features Mickey and Minnie performing their version of Uncle Tom's Cabin with a whole cast of cartoon animals all in blackface. They're animals and they're still putting them in blackface. So some people for blackface use would burn a cork and would put the ash on their face. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, so using ash was like a common way to try to do blackface makeup for some fucking reason. Oh, because they were calling black people ashy. Oh, it's so fucked up on so many levels. I'm so upset. I hate that so much. Um, Mickey puts a firework dynamite in his mouth and lights it so the smoke puffs and covers his face and blackface. And but it's comical and funny. I'm not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> It's also surreal to see Mickey, so Mickey is playing the, the slave in Uncle Tom's Cabin story, and Mickey's slave master, Simon Legree, literally says, bow down to your master, I own your body and soul, and, um, you know, the plucky, the plucky racist mouse in blackface responds, you may own this body, but my soul belongs to the laud, like pronounces laud without the, like, R. <sighs> yeah there's a lot of that there's more but i'm just like <sighs> there's still speculation on racism within disney and of course discrimination in disney um they're making steps in my opinion the entire entertainment industry is only all Sorry, all the white people who've been in the entertainment industry for the last fucking 50 years. I'm not talking about the actual people of color in the industry. All the old white people who've just been using the same white people over and over and over again are finally including people of color only because they know it's going to make them money now. Mm. It's going to be inclusive. That's my theory. That's my just personal dark theory on, like, why it's cool to be inclusive now which like i'm glad people are being included that's absolutely what we needed even if you're doing it for the wrong reasons fucking reasons yeah um you know and disney's supposed to be about everyone keeping magic alive and so they're finally allowing you know like trans people to work at the park yeah it took like this year to do it seriously i didn't know it took that long yeah you're uh now allowed to have like to express your gender more freely Hmm. And you can, you're allowed to paint your nails now. So you're allowed to be a guy with painted nails now kind of a thing. And, like, be ambiguous with your gender and have funkier hair. Mm-hmm. You're still not allowed, like, a bunch of tattoos or anything like that. But I was like, okay. Okay. I guess I should have mentioned this earlier with the whole Nazi thing. But I do think it's really funny that Walt Disney was anti-union. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's funny where it's like, rights for my workers, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> he was so anti-union. That's why he moved to Florida. Because mm-hmm. they were in California. And he didn't want to unionize his artists and workers and anyone. So he's like, all right, we're opening up a studio in Florida. And they made him unionize anyways. And like, 
it was rough. There's a whole there's a whole fucking history behind that that I'm not gonna get into, but I just thought that was kind of funny. But he did the whole toxic like, oh, we're a family thing and you know, like my my artists are here round the clock working and they don't get paid overtime because they do this because they love it. They're here for the passion, not the money. Mm-hmm. Like, does no. that, no, you should probably pay people job. for their work. It's a job. They should be able to eat and provide for their families. Like, you're abusing people's passions, actually, by not paying them. So maybe just pay them. You definitely make enough to do that. Yeah, you're a multi-billion dollar company. You can afford it. Like, Snow White was such a huge hit. They actually have a history. It's interesting. Disney has almost bankrupted itself multiple times mm-hmm. by making a movie that just completely failed because back in the day they could only have they only had the resources to make like a movie at a time yeah now they own everything and make so much fucking content owning marvel they and own everything. marvel like they straight up took that shit yeah they were straight up like comic books that sounds fun like <laughs> yeah. star wars like oh my god they're just pumping that shit out yeah. back in the day it was like we made snow white it did so fucking well we have all of this money well, I'm not going to pay my workers. I'm going to put all this money into the, the into next one. <laughs> into yeah. the next one, which was, I think, Dumbo, which didn't do well. Mm-hmm. And there was a union strike when they were making it. So all the artists, which they're sick, they're sick ass picket, picket, picket signs for that because they're artists. Mm-hmm. They have like a whole, it's like a dragon. It's cool. Huh. But there's cool pictures of that. But in Dumbo, the clowns in the show, when Dumbo does his little part, I don't know how well you remember Dumbo, but they're these these clowns. They're actual uh, caricatures of the picketers at the time, like making fun of the picketers. Wow. Wow. That's a whole new level. Mm -hmm. That's insane. It's a fun thing to look for in Dumbo. Dumbo already kind of depressed me as a kid. I didn't like that movie. Yeah. Well, because it's about an elephant being like separated from his mother and then like put on display. Yeah. I fucking hated it. And then he, he gets to fly like... But Jesus, at what cost? Yeah. (laughs) So my last thing is how fucking sexist they used to be towards women. Holy shit. Hmm. (laughs) So bad. There's this really famous rejection letter that this woman, Mary Ford, um, applied to be an artist at Disney in 1938. Dear Miss Ford, your letter of recent date has been received in the inking and painting department for reply. Women do not do any of the creative work in connection with preparing the cartoons for the screen as that work is performed entirely by young men. For this reason, girls are not considered for the training school. The only work open to women consists of tracing the characters on clear celluloid sheets with Indian ink and filling in the tracings on the reverse side with point accordance to the directions. So all you can do is just trace and color in as a woman. In order to apply for a position as inker or painter, it is necessary that one appear at the studio bringing samples of pen and ink and watercolor work. It would not be advisable to come to Hollywood with the with the above specifically in view as there are as there are really very few openings in comparison with the number of girls who apply like they're just straight Mm. up like oh girls like no no girls allowed no girls don't do that so then when the war happened world war ii they were losing all of their young men to the war and he was like fuck i need workers okay girls you can do this now yeah hate it 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 and the first female director of a disney movie was frozen the first one ever 
her. Which is, what, 2013? That's when Disney had their very first woman film director, which is just... So late. so, so late, so oh, late. You're late for for a company that's been around so long. Yeah, that is so so late. That's oh insane. my god, we're not even at Disney's 100th anniversary. 1923. That's in two years. In two years, it's gonna be. In two years, Disney will have been around for 100 years. Holy shit, we're old. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. We were only there for the last. So that's just some fun history for mm. you. So Mickey Mouse is fucking racist. <laughs> it's just shit. Good God. Somehow they made him wholesome as fuck. They managed to turn that thing. They were like, they transformed Leave him. All, all of this. It never happened. Yeah, this is gone now. And now <laughs> we get to watch him do like spooky Halloween. Or not spooky sounds so scary Halloween. It's scary. We're come to <laughs> come to Mickey's haunted house. It's ah! not racist at all. We promise. We won't do Mammy. We swear. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. being said, I do appreciate your cute little Minnie Mouse top. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so appropriate. It was. It felt on brand. <laughs> I I actually tried to dress Disney related, and it turns out I own nothing Disney related. Not even on a Marvel Star Wars level. I have a Star Wars crop top, I guess, but I wore it this weekend, so it's dirty. <laughs> so I, I went with Bob's Burgers. It's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. It's a, a cartoon. And you got overalls and the hat on. It's yeah, like a, got, it's like a kitty look. It's a cool. It's a cool. Yeah, it's kid it's core. A, cool kid, kid, kid look. core. Kid core. <laughs> Thing. Uh, well, All right. Yeah, that's great. What you got for us, Okay, so I have a list of incidents for Disney okay. where it's stuff that I did not know. Most of them are from a long time ago, but they're all fucking nuts and interesting, and none of them are cool, but they are just like, how have I not heard about this kind of thing? Yeah. You know? Do you know what Disney's land, Disneyland's opening day on uh, July 17th, 1955 was called? No. It was called Black Sunday. Why? Because it was a fucking disaster. <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, my God. And uh, newspapers around the world called it uh, Walt's Folly, the most expensive failure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> most expensive can you imagine like disneyland being described as a huge failure Wait, disneyland opened before disney world mm -hmm. when did disney world open do we know um i think it was i can look it up yeah go ahead yeah 71 so, 20, so almost 20 years later so 20 years later disney world opened up yeah so in uh 1955 though basically disneyland there were areas of the park that weren't quite finished the construction crew had to rush to finish other areas and the plumbers had even gone on strike for probably similar reasons this is what you mentioned before yeah, they're not like a pain injection yeah <laughs> um so basically walt had to choose between building restrooms or building water fountains so he chose restrooms, and then guests just staggered around looking for water in the middle of summer in California. When you said water fountains, I thought you meant, like, display beautiful fountains. I didn't realize you meant, like, drinking fountains. No, like, drinking fountains for people. Oh, my God. Did they have segregated drinking fountains at Disney World? I really fucking hope not. Oh, I, my God. I'm sure they, they did. I'm sure oh. they did, but Oh, God. Did they have segregated going... sections of Disneyland? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I have so many awful thoughts now after all that racist research. Mm -hmm. Why would they open? Just postpone Right? <laughs> well, no, because he, he wanted to make money. So, in addition to this... <laughs> So on top of all 
all this shit that's already going wrong. A lot of excitement for the park's opening was created by Walt's television broadcasts advertising the wonders of Disneyland, and it resulted in the park being filled with over double its maximum capacity of guests. One man was charging people $5 to climb a ladder into the into the park. Right? I'm sure $5 in 1955 had to have been worth like 50 bucks today. Yeah, so and so this guy is like, "Hey, <laughs> If you pay me $5, you can climb this ladder I brought so you can get into this park, even though it's already at complete double its capacity. Oh, my God. Um, Rides were breaking down under the sheer amount of pressure that they had to handle. Like, they were not meant to have this many people back to back to back to back to back. Oh, my God. Uh, The large crowds and technical difficulties made the opening day a complete fucking disaster. This one, I think, is a little funny. It's horrible, but only because it happened a long time ago. Okay. And it is actually kind of funny. So, Tommy Walker was Disneyland's first entertainment director. He had all these really good ideas that shaped a park into a magical place to spend your day, including, like, fantasy in the sky fireworks, date night, and the Christmas candlelight processional. Like, some of these things still happen today. I was right. $5 is 50 bucks. Yep. That makes complete sense. Yep. So this guy had created these, like, uh, events that are still continued to this day. Even he can fuck up. Like, he's had all these great ideas, but for there was one time he did not. So oh. Easter Sunday one year, Tommy decided that a helicopter flight with the Easter Bunny throwing flowers to the park guests was a great idea. We're going to bring Easter Bunny to everyone at the park because we're not separating religion from this park just yet. No, no, no. no we're not <laughs> doing that. We've also had, like, big hits with date night and you know, Christmas candlelight and all this stuff. He's on a roll. So he's like, we're going to put Easter Bunny in a fucking helicopter and he's going to fly around on top of the guests and he's going to float and he's going to throw down flowers. He's going to float? He's going to he's gonna throw down flowers. Oh, like, Sorry. That no, that's me being tongue-tied. Walt hears this idea and he, he literally asks him, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, you cannot do this. And Walt left for business in New York and the guy was like... I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do it anyway. anyway. Watch me. (laughs) That fateful holiday morning, guests arrive at the park clothed in their Sunday best, and a 100-member orchestra played on the steps of the Main Street Railroad Station. At 11.15, Tommy's helicopter appeared, floating over the railroad tower on schedule. But the roaring helicopter was creating a lot more wind than anybody had thought it would. And so it starts tearing the branches of the park's trees and blowing the musicians' music sheets away. And those who were still playing, you can't even hear them over the sound of the fucking helicopter. <laughs> and on top of that, there's all these women like in their in their like 1950s vests with like their long skirts and shit, and they're going up like Marilyn Monroe. Like they're just flying up into the fucking air. <laughs> with their children. So, and everyone's screaming and just panicking. <laughs> but the flowers but, they get dispersed. But Easter Bunny has a job to do, so <laughs> He's like, I'm here for a fucking job, god like, damn it. He doesn't, he doesn't notice anything. He's just like, I'm the Easter Bunny. He doesn't hear the screaming over the sound of the fucking helicopter. Oh and so he starts tossing his purple and white orchids into the crowd, except the orchids were frozen solid because they had, been prefer- they had been preserved for the event, but not given the chance to thaw. So guests are running screaming as these, like... Fucking bombs of flowers are coming down and exploding on them. <laughs> I can't. 
Oh my god. So, but the finale of the flight was no less chaotic. The, cal- the helicopter blows dirt and debris into all the main street shops, and the force of the wind that it created blew out the thermoses and thermostats. So it looked like a tornado had fucking hit the place by the time it was done. Oh, I'm crying. I'm crying. Really <laughs> <laughs> and Walt just shows up like I was gone for five minutes. It's like it's like an episode from Community when Troy just like with the pizza. He's and like coming with the pizza. And everything's on fire. Yes. And a fucking troll. Just yeah. <laughs> after after this fucking terrible opening too. This next one's kind of nuts. And it's in 1964, so we're jumping ahead a little bit now. Okay, we're moving along. Yeah, I, I brought us in real strong with the 20s and 30s. You brought us up to the 50s and 60s. We're getting yeah, through it. we're going to get in this shit. <laughs> we're getting through it. So, it's the height of Beatlemania. And the what Beatle- is Beatlemania? Beatlemania is when the Beatles came out. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> I was envisioning, like, actual bugs. I was like, I was in Beatles. <laughs> I thought the 1964 part gave it away really well. I forgot about the band. The yes, Beatles. the band the Beatles. <laughs> I was like thinking Animal Crossing, like little Beatles. Any of our older listeners right now are cursing <laughs> our fucking names. My mom is crying. Herself yes. asleep. I was like, I was like, <laughs> yes. My parents are like, where did we go wrong? No. <laughs> the Beatles had flown down to Southern California to perform at the Hollywood Bowl. Rumors started being flown around that they would come to Disneyland for just a fun day off. And some Disney employees caught on to the gossip. So they thought this was fun. They thought this was like a cute idea. So they told guests that the Fab Four wanted to have a quiet time without being recognized. Wait, were they really called the Fab Four? I guess so. But the Fab Five. Are, were there five of them? No, I'm thinking about uh, Oh, you're thinking about the Queer street guys. guy. I'm sorry. They just... came later. In order to have like a quiet time without being recognized and not being overwhelmed, <laughs> this rumor started spreading that they would be hiding in character costumes and pretend the to be the three little pigs and the big bad wolf. That's the rumor. So these poor people who were paid to be the big <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> Hang on. I hope people threw panties at the, at the pigs. The people, like the actors who actually had to wear these costumes or perform, or performers or... They're what? called cast, cast members, members. Yeah, Kelly. cast members. You wouldn't understand. You're not a Disney adult. So at first they would go along with it. There's screaming teenage girls. And they're like, oh, this is cute. So they started to pretend to run and hide. Then the Beatles fans became so intense that the cast members needed to flee (laughs) (laughs) from these fans. They started mobbing the characters, grabbing at them. Like, at their genitals and shit. Ew. Yeah. Just sexually assaulting them. All weekend. All weekend. Forcing Disney's management to temporarily remove all characters from the park until the Beatles left California. But the cult- Oh, yeah. my God. They're just like, all right, we're not doing no more characters out on the floor. We're done. Man. We're done. Also, there's a picture of the Beatles running away from their fucking fans. Like, I, It's so sick to me that was seen as cute and fun is for a bunch of psycho-obsessed fans to chase after male celebrities specifically because it wasn't seen as sexual assault. You can't sexually assault a man. Yeah. Like, that's so fucked up to me. No, no. I just imagine, like, the big bad wolf and three little pigs and, like, just, like, a pair of panties, like, stuck on one of the ears as they're, like, running away. That's probably not that far (laughs) off, honestly. A little quick rumor about Frozen. Remember the theory that Walt Disney has cryogenically frozen himself? Yeah. If you used to Google Frozen Disney, it was only those results would show up. Yeah. And there's a theory that they named the movie Frozen Frozen so that that wouldn't show up on Google anymore. Oh, my God. 
Okay, this one is fucking nuts to me, and I had to reread this one like a few times before it sunk in, and I had to watch the video because I still didn't understand. Peter Pan is released. It became one of Disney's most popular movies, and park guests began asking where Tinkerbell was. So in 1961, Disney hired Tiny Klein. She's a 17-year-old circus acrobat and stuntwoman from Europe, and she's supposed to play Tinkerbell fireworks show every night. Her job was to begin with the... To begin the show by sliding down a cable from the top of the Matterhorn, which is, it's it's a fixture, kind of like how the castle is at Disney World. Okay, I'll just Google Disneyland Matterhorn. Yeah, and might I've, do that I've never quick. been to Disneyland, so. Mm-hmm. Definitely do that real quick, because if you don't see this, you're not going to understand what the fuck I'm saying, because <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck I was reading. So it's basically like a big, tall mountain ride. I've oh, been to this is the one that has the rumor to have the basketball court at the top. So there isn't, by the way. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a rumor that it's there. Her job during the fireworks show was to slide down a cable from the top of the Matterhorn oh my God. <laughs> to a tower in the frontier land. So she's supposed to be this like Tinkerbell free flying fairy, you know, which is like an impressive thing, especially for 1960s. Yeah. Um, and she was this tough, brave woman who she is well known for hanging by her teeth. What? From an airplane. What? Yeah. So at 17? I had to look at a video of this because I did not understand what they were talking about. She had this like thing that was like in the shape of a jaw that she would lock her teeth into. And then she would hang from it. I think I saw that at Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. And she would just hang by her teeth and hold her body weight up and then like go down trapeze. No, the thing I saw at Cirque du Soleil was their hair. They were held up by their hair. Yeah. No, this is her fucking teeth. And she would be held from an airplane. Oh Um, my God! She tried. She tried to let Disney officials let her slide down the cable as Tinkerbell by her teeth, but Disney was like, "No, that's not what we're trying to do. That's not what Tinkerbell is. You cannot hang by your teeth and then slide down a fucking zip line." That's insane. As Tinkerbell, like that's not what we're trying to do here. (laughs) That's insane. Um, but she didn't take it well when anybody tried to grease the wire to like make it easier for her to go down and keep it safer. One night, she gets stuck in the middle of the cable during her descent, dangling sixty feet in the air and nobody can reach her until the Anaheim Fire Department shows up with an extension ladder and a rope. Is she okay? She's okay. okay she okay. she lived. She started going for Disney's uh, safety measures after that. She started letting them grease her cable after that. It said, it said a 71-year-old circus acrobat, but I was like, there's no way that a 71-year-old is doing this shit at Disney, but... Now, I'm starting to think... Maybe she just looks really good for 71. Maybe she just looks really good for 71. I would believe that's what a 17-year-old looks like. I would not believe that it's what a 71-year-old woman looks like. Yeah. So, this next one is about Space Mountain. Uh Space Mountain Rocket. Space Mountain sends its rocket off on a precisely timed automatic schedule. So, to write it, guests need to be able to enter and exit the ride at vehicle... Or the vehicles at a reasonable speed. You know, like, they keep it moving. Um, One pair of friends, a few cast members, and hundreds of horrified witnesses learned this the hard way. Oh, no. One of these two friends had an artificial leg, and they wanted to ride Space Mountain together, regardless of the one-legged friend's special requirements. The cast members at the ramp asked them if he was able to get in and out of the ride unassisted, because they knew about the rocket's schedule. If a rocket comes out too late... The computer will turn on every brake on the ride and stop the whole thing entirely. So the employees want to make sure that did not happen. Yeah, especially since the ride's constantly moving. It's constantly moving. Anybody who's been to Disney, Disney World knows how 
fucking fast. It has to move because they have so many people in the park. So the man says he can do it, but he took a very long time to get seated because he had to push a button to get his leg to bend. This made the employees very anxious. Mm. If it took too long to get him in, would it? how long would it take to get him out? So after the man was finally in the car and on the ride, they sent another cast member another cast member to the unloading just dock. Just fucking say employee. Oh my God. Yeah. We don't, we, we get it. They have fancy names yeah. because they want to make them feel special. Unfortunately, when the car with the two friends arrives at the unloading dock, there wasn't much time to get them out before the rocket left again. So the cast member at the unloading dock immediately attempted to yank the one-legged man out <laughs> without consideration for the need to bend its leg. And it was quite a struggle, but eventually the cast member sat the man with the artificial leg beside the rocket and yelled for the control tower to move it. What none of them noticed was that his artificial foot was still stuck in between the lap bar and the edge of the seat. So this rocket just takes off with his man leg. With his man's leg. Yeah. Bye. When the rocket took off, it took the man's artificial leg with it. By this point, a crowd had gathered to watch the struggle, and a lot of people began screaming because this was they thought it had been a real leg they that had been ripped his real off. Leg was yeah. Notice the lack of blood. So naturally, the next people who were in line were like, do not help me get on or off this ride, you dumb motherfuckers. I don't want to be a part of this shit. You just ripped a man's leg off. What the hell is wrong with you? But do get me on this ride, though. <laughs> don't touch me, but... Don't don't touch me, but I am still going to get How on this ride. How dare you rip his leg off? Yeah. They didn't know that it was fake. Um, there's also, like, real quickly, I don't want to touch on this too much. People have been dumping people's ashes into mm-hmm. the park. Mm-hmm. Guys, that's not okay. Haunted Mansion, they gotta vacuum that shit out all the time. Yeah, it's not. They have this designated vacuum for people's ashes it's at the Haunted Mansion. Good. There's been so many ashes that are dumped all over the fucking park. Stop it. Stop it. That's all gross. No, nobody wants gross. that. No, don't. No, that's not okay. And, like, people clean it up. It's not like it gets to sit there in the park forever. Like, what are you thinking? They end up in a vacuum, which is the worst fucking place. Anyway, I thought that was a little bit too depressing, so I'm going to skip ahead or to how... release them into... We actually talked about that in the theme parks episode anyways. Mm-hmm. So, live alligators at the Jungle Cruise are not a good idea. They had them on the ship. Uh, no, oh. no, no, no. No, 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 but we are going to talk about this because... It is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. It is the most, it is the most Florida shit I have ever read in my entire fucking life. <laughs> it's so funny. And well, it doesn't involve alligators, so. Uh, well, it does involve alligators, and it doesn't fly, it does involve Florida people. This is Disney World, people. Here we are. We're descending into the fucking madness that is Disney World <laughs> and Florida. Not all animals on the Jungle Cruise were supposed to be animatronic. When the ride first opened... Disneyland rented live alligators from the Buena Park, Buena Vista, thank you, they spelled that wrong, but the Buena Vista Park alligator farm to sit in chicken wire pens near the entrance of the ride. Chicken wire pens? Okay, this is, I, I know this, I know this sounds like ridiculous, but I need to preface this with it's actually not that crazy because, okay. so there is a place where I grew up in Jacksonville, it's called Adventure Landing. And when you walk in, you go over this bridge, and there's a ton of, like, small baby alligators that just, like, crawl around under your feet on the entrance to the park. Wait, when you say under your feet, like, like there's, like, like you're a glass Like, you're on a bridge. You? No, no, no. You're on a bridge, and then underneath you is water and alligators. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah. 
So, and like people feed them and do whatnot, and there's like pens around them. So it's, while it's not the most um, humane thing to do to alligators, it is not the craziest thing because it did happen all over Florida. That's not the craziest part. Um, these were three foot long alligators and they're intended to impress guests waiting in line, like keep them occupied, kind of like at Adventure Landing. But many thought that the alligators weren't real because they weren't make because they were making a hissing noise. <laughs> and they don't Which, know alligators hiss because yeah. they don't realize they're fucking giant lizards. They li- <laughs> like literally alligators hiss, but people coming to Disney from, you know, places that aren't Florida don't know this and they're like, "Oh, it's broken. It's hissing." So kids would throw popcorn at the alligators. And then whack them with rubber gators that were being sold at the souvenir shop next door. They could they could reach in and hit them. Yeah, Bro. they were that close. And then when the an- when you could see like the alligator's teeth, you could see that there's just popcorn kernels and chunks of rubber in their teeth. So these poor animals are being oh. fucking abused. And so often the alligators would just be like, "Get me the fuck out of there!" And they would get loose and they would flee into the lagoon that was close by. Because it is the Jungle Cruise, and so there's, like, a body of water that's close by, and they're like, fuck this, I'm leaving, and, like, get the fuck out of their pen. (laughs) And then when this happened, the alligator farm's handler would have to be called to lure the alligator back by standing on the dock and making noises with his throat that sounded like alligator calls, which, can you imagine just seeing that? But if a boat derailed at the same time that an alligator was loose, there's literally divers that are sent to retrieve the boats and put them back on the track. And they would be so scared because there's a real alligator somewhere in the water just there that they're swimming with. So the escaping alligators proved to be too much of a risk that Disney was not willing to take anymore. And the, and the alligators were returned to the farm where they would no longer be beaten up by dumbass kids. Oh my god, those poor mm-hmm. babies. They're just like, let me get the fuck out of here. Thank God, Lagoon. Oh god, who are yes. you? All right, so I only got a couple more left. That's fine. Um, I'm trying to decide. I'm still stuck on the ones. Easter Bunny with the first one. I know. <laughs> Cast members have really bad fucking senses of humor. Disney frequently hires high school and college students. Yeah. And if there's one thing that people in their teens and 20s love to do, it's prank each other. Yep. Oh, God. Um, yeah. However, these pranks backfired really fucking hard, and it got them fired. This is, I think, Disneyland on the Adventures Through Inner Space ride. Guests started coming out of the ride covered in hot liquid and began to complain to Disney management. An investigation was carried out, and it turned out that a longtime ride operator was responsible because, as a prank... He would hide in the dark quarters of the ride and throw hot soup on passengers. I thought he was pissing he was, on him. He thought he was funny. He's like, let me just throw some hot soup on you. And no, and of course management was like, this is awful and can make lawsuits happen. So like, get the fuck out of here. I hate my mind went to pissing on someone. Also, throwing soup on someone, that could cause an allergic reaction. Like people have fucking food allergies, my guy. Also burns. Also burns. I mean, depending on how hot the soup is. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I hate that. My when, when I heard hot, like warm liquid, I was like, "This man is pissing on people." <laughs> yeah. Um. So here's another one from Disneyland, and actually, the rest of these are all Disneyland. Um. The Frontierland canoe drivers had one coworker they like to pick on by pushing his canoe into the reeds or the waterfall or splashing him with water. Like that was a thing. We would pick on this one guy in particular. 
So one day they push his canoe 10 feet behind the Mark Twain paddle wheeler, not realizing that the large boat needed to back up to leave the dock. His canoe got stuck in the marsh. People get in the canoe and they take this canoe to a place. There's like a driver for each canoe. This one canoe driver gets pushed down into the marsh with people inside his canoe. And then the fucking boat that goes into the same lagoon, It's he's in the like in the way of the boat backing out of the dock and not another canoe a big old boat oh fuck yeah a full-size mark twain boat because the crew members thought it'd be funny to get them stuck in there because usually you know you get stuck it's funny people at disneyland are probably having a grand old time whatever they're not gonna think much about it you're gonna die (laughs) yeah except they didn't realize the marsh that they pushed him in was right behind this fucking boat that needed to get out of the dock and it's a paddle wheeler Oh no. So it's like a like a churning yeah. boat. Um so it's moving backwards and one man just starts yelling, "We're going to die!" and jumped overboard with his kids and the rest of the passengers like running right behind him because <laughs> they're like, "Oh fuck, we're going to die." Luckily, um the Mark Twain came to a stop 5 feet from the canoe and nobody was hurt. The four canoe drivers behind the incident were absolutely fucking fired. Next one. For the Matterhorn supervisor's birthday one year, Two pranksters spiked the punch with alcohol. Nice. My grandma style. My grandma did this with some church ladies back in the day. Except they also spiked the brownies with marijuana. Ah! And then they also spiked the guacamole dip with a hallucinogen. So the entire crew unknowingly ate this, all this food and drink. And tripping And... And then goes back to fucking work. Because Ah! none of them fucking know. The supervisor knew something weird was going on, but he didn't shut down the ride for a while because he couldn't figure out what the fuck it was. And also, he's drugged out himself and hallucinating. And for a while, everyone was behaving strangely until one crew member passed out and another one began convulsing. Yeah, I would have. That's so fucked up. You don't do that to people. Yeah, that's not funny. You don't drug people. You don't trick them into drinking alcohol. You don't trick them into taking hallucinogenic drugs. You don't trick them into being high. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, what if there was someone there who was a recovering alcoholic working at Disney and they, like, all of a sudden accidentally got drunk? Exactly. The supervisor finally calls first aid. The convulsing employee had to be taken to the back and put in a straight jacket. And that employee and several others were sick enough to be taken to the hospital. And so finally they figured out who had spiked everything and fired them. Shit, they thought everyone was just going to vibe and have a fucking good time. Mm-hmm. No. No, honey. All right, so I got two more stories for you. In the earlier years of the park, people are snacking on popcorn and uh, chips and cookies and all that stuff. And so the cleanup crew late at night, obviously, was rats. Rats would come out and they would just feed on all the fucking crumbs and bullshit that people left behind. And sometimes cast members had fun with the pest epidemic. Once, there were some raft drivers found a nest of baby rats behind a crate on the dock and trapped one under a mint julep glass set on top of the crate. When people walked by, they would tell them that they found Mickey's friend. And this was like, (laughs) they're like cute little fun thing that they would do. Other times... Cast members were terrified by the rats. One Tomorrowland worker. Oh, so this is Disney World. My bad. I'm a smoke. I was saying um, mint julep cup. No, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, honey. Yeah. <laughs> no, I should have done this I can't imagine mint julep mm-hmm. in California. Yeah. So one Tomorrowland worker was being frightened by a rat. So she called her friend, a burly monorail driver, to come and deal with it. 
the monorail driver cornered the rat and jumped on its head with his big black boots and became known around the park thereafter as the Rat Stomper. Ew! Yeah. Similarly, on Tom Sawyer Island one night, two snack shop attendants accidentally locked themselves in and became surrounded by rats crawling out of the woodwork. They called the raft drivers for help, and they came to the rescue, beating the rats away with their oars. So the first attempt to get rid of the rats did not go well for Disney. Employees tried leaving out hot dogs laced with cyanide as rat bait. The rats would come out and eat the hot dogs, then go to the river in an attempt to drink and fall in. A boat would sail down the river in the morning before the park opened, skimming the dead rats off the top of the water. Sometimes, though, there would be a couple rats left over in the morning, and the raft drivers would have to stealthily hook them out of the water and hide them from guests. This stopped when a little boy picked up one of the poisoned hot dogs and ate it. He got sick, and his family sued the park. Yeah! They're like, like, no more poisoned hot dogs. Well, first of all, like, yes, your kid should not eat hot garbage off the ground, but also kids are gonna eat hot garbage off the ground. At least don't lace it with cyanide or rat poison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. So the kid the kid's okay though, right? Yeah, the kid was okay. okay. Kid, kid lived. They just got sued to shit. Yeah. The second attempt to get rid of the rats actually worked much better. Management brought in a bunch of wild cats. Yeah, buddy! This cats is, for the win! That is at Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of fucking cats yeah. at Disneyland. Um, To try and curtail the rat population through natural selection, the cats roam the park at night, eating the rats, and typically hide from the public during the business hours. They are sterilized so they don't breed and overrun the parks with cats. And are vaccinated and tagged, receiving routine veterinary care. So they just look, these are four higher cats. Yeah, they, <laughs> they literally, like, grab these wild cats. They're like, we're going to give you all the meds and shit that you need. And we're going to send you out to do the, what you do. So honestly, this isn't the worst life for these cats because they're getting food and veterinary care. And they're, yeah. you know, uh, sterilized. So they're not, like, overpopulating. And these Disneyland cats have actually developed a following among park goers. They have their own Instagram page, and they have a website. So follow the Disneyland cats on Instagram. I found out, also I found out that there's like exclusively Disney park Instagram influencers. You have to take so many pictures. I fucking bet. All I know is Space Mountain it was my favorite ride at Disney World. Well, actually, my favorite ride at Disney World, which I heard they might be getting rid of, which makes me so fucking sad, is that dinosaur ride in Animal Kingdom. The dinosaur ride is fucking dope. It's Because so it's good. actually scary. It is actually And sucky. I love it. And it's fast and it whips you around. There's a fucking terrifying dinosaurs. I love that ride. I, you know, I don't want them to get rid of it. You know that they built it to compete with Universal and their Jurassic Park ride. Oh, yeah. 100%. But it's so good. I don't give a fuck. I love it. Yeah, I love that fucking ride. I mean, add on my fear of animatronic dinosaurs. It makes it that much more <laughs> exhilarating. I'm like, ah! Like, I was terrified of that shit as a kid. I loved it. Mm-hmm. So that is my story of the crazy incidents of fucking Disney World and Disneyland. The Easter Bunny and Tinkerbell are definitely up there. Yeah. The Tinkerbell hanging by her teeth. The, the, that poor girl got stuck. I'm so glad she's okay. Yeah. I'm glad none of the stories about this person like horrifically dying on a ride No, or I, I did find a list of terrible deaths at Disney and I'm like, I'm not trying to be that dark. I actually want to do something fun because I have done a lot of dark shit yeah. recently. 
So here's just like a fun list of incidents that like were that. fucked up, but that people didn't die from. If you have not rewatched Hunchback of the Notre Dame since you've become an adult, I challenge you to do so. It's a recommendation. It's actually really fucking it's good. Really good. It's really fucking good. And it's going to make you see the movie in a totally different light because I would argue that that movie was not made for kids. Mm -mm. It's got the best music, though. Oh, yes. The best music. I'd also argue that Hercules holds up because that was made at the same time. I will watch Hercules any fucking day of the week. Hercules and Hunchback were made, I'm pretty sure, a couple years apart. I just remember the release of Pocahontas. That is my (gasps) first Disney memory release because I remember being upset that my grandmother wanted to leave the theater early. Why? To miss the traffic of people leaving the theater. What? I know. So I missed the tail end of the movie. Like, I literally had to, like, beg her to stand to watch Pocahontas to wave bye to John Smith at the end of that movie. I was like, I was so, and I think because it was the first Disney movie I ever saw in theaters, I was fucking obsessed with it. I was like, I want to be one with animals. I want to be barefoot all the fucking time. I want animal friends. Like, I, I didn't really care about John Smith at all. I just wanted all the cool, like, magical nature shit oh, she had going. And I also was like, also, Coco Wong, pretty hot, pretty solid guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. But uh, I do have one last thing. I have one last thing I want to say before we, before we sign off. And right. that is... It's unpopular opinion. I am tired. I am tired of the shit talk about Cinderella, okay? That bitch worked hard to keep that estate together. She knew that place would fall apart without her. Those animals would not be cared for. And I'm sick of people saying all she fucking did was wait around for some man to save her. Because that is not what happened. And I get so tired when I hear people shit on Cinderella. She had a hard knock life. She worked so hard, and she knew she wasn't stupid, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she had her priorities to keep shit together. She won one night to have fun. Some people shot on her. Fairy Godmother helped her helped her get a break, you know what I'm saying? And I might be biased because it's based off of one of my favorite Greek stories, which we talked about in the Greek mythology thing, which was uh, Eros and Psyche. And I always hear people, like, compare to Belle, and I'm like, Belle was kidnapped and then sympathized with her kidnapper. I don't want to hear any comparisons. Yeah. I don't want to hear this shit. No. I didn't know people were coming for Cinderella, but if you are, we're coming for you. I've heard some people come for Cinderella in the past, and I'm just like, bitch, mm. No, do not come for her. Do not come for my girl. I like Cinderella. Don't mm-hmm. do that. Okay? I, she works hard. I enjoy Cinderella. I enjoy Cinderella. I enjoy all the remakes of Cinderella. Ever like, After. Ever After. Drew I was Barrymore. just about to say Ever After. Ever After is the most fantastic fucking Cinderella remake. Fucking love it. It's solid as fuck. And it gave her actually time to get to know the prince and fall in love with him. Yes. Like, they were friends first. Like, yes. come on, my guy. Perfected the Cinderella story. All Beauty and the Beast remakes are usually pretty fucked. Yeah. I don't think you can, <laughs> I don't think you can ever taste a, take a movie and make bestiality okay. <laughs> So I think that I think that's a really large task to put on anyone. So it's not your fault. But just, just leave it alone. Like leave here's alone. the thing, it's like it's on the inside that counts. The the inside, this man kidnapped you yeah. and threw your first of all, he threw your father in prison for trespassing because he's just a dick and was bored and did that. So like that's already pretty awful 
judge a character. He has toxic masculinity and uh, and anger issues. So temper tantrums at his teapots. Temper tantrums. Oh my god! And he kept an entire ward of a house from you without any explanation. And he presents a library that's been there the entire fucking time as a gift. I'm okay. This shit's been there. Can I can I just throw this out there real quick? This movie is the epitome of teaching young girls, I can fix him. I can fix him. No. No. Stop no. it. Stop Not it. here for it. Not even a little bit. Stop it. All right. No, no. I feel like that's probably where we should end it. Probably. <laughs> so we're, focus on yourself. Work on yourself. Even if it's difficult, even if people get you down, like, you know, just stay hopeful, true to yourself. Like Cinderella, Yeah. opportunities will present itself. Also, don't be racist like Walt. Don't and be racist like Walt. And don't get kidnapped and then sympathize with your kidnapper. Yeah. It's not a cute look. Exactly. So, <laughs> on that note, keep it creepy, guys. Keep it creepy. And be sure to follow us on social media. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Music by freestockmusic.com.